Welcome to We Don't Cook on Fridays. We're not cooking today and neither should you. Oh, Suns wants to do the intro. He told me. Sunny! Sunny! Sunny, come do the intro. Sunny, it's your turn. <laughs> it's your turn and you know that I panic. Okay, Sunny's saying, thanks for celebrating my first birthday. I really appreciate it. HBD, Suns. You're the man of my dreams. H- HBD, that's how you know you really care about him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so welcome back to We Don't Cook on Fridays. We are at episode 12, but really 13. AKA the last, the last episode. episode. I think that I think we should we- just release the whole episode as like little mini snippets. I don't think anybody even really cares. except for <laughs> Honestly, I thought it was a fun episode. And then I was listening or like even thinking back to it. And I was like, I was very... I was very vulnerable about like my exes in that one past, like past the point of like, just the nice things that they said about me. I was like, Oh, so like, maybe it's for the best DM us. If you want to hear that content, we might send it to you personally and, or we might just ignore your DM. Okay. So I think let's just, let's just go into it. Episode 13.5 or episode 12.5, whatever we want to go with. Who cares at this point? Um, We were lucky enough to have someone that's very close to you in your life. You've known her, her literally in her her entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, We had Nicole Buss, AKA Lauren Buss's sister. My middle sister. If I don't, if I don't give Julia credit, she'll be upset, but yes, Nicole, great guest. We had a great conversation. Nicole was a D one athlete in college and like had a lot of learning to do kind of through that. So I feel like we had a great conversation. Um, honestly, I'm realizing it was really weird to like interview my sister because I knew every part of it, but <laughs> yeah. And I think the most surprising part to me, and I know Nicole is a D1 athlete athlete and she's super brilliant, but it's, she was very vulnerable about her struggles in both being like a pre-med student and a D1 athlete as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So honestly, check out our interview. I think that, I think that this is a really great episode. I think we shared a lot. I think Nicole shared a ton and Yeah, we're excited for you to hear it. Let's get into it. So today on We Don't Cook on Fridays, we have a guest. And this guest is a former roommate of mine. She is a former Division I basketball player. She's also a two-time math Olympian, Nicole Buss. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) Happy to be involved. We're happy to have you. Third guest. Let's go, Laura. Also, the confidence that you just had with that intro just made my heart so warm. I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I since we started the podcast, Nicole was like, I want to be a guest. I was like, OK, well, I know that I'm going to introduce her as a former math or a two time math Olympian, because every once in a while, like I think when you were in school, Nick, I would like every once in a while, I would just DM your friends on Instagram and be like, hey, just in case you didn't know this, Nicole was went to the math Olympics twice in high school. I feel like it's barely once in a while. It's basically every time I make a new good friend, Lauren is like, they need to be aware of this. They need to be aware of is that. Is it in your thing. Instagram bio? It is was it in your IG for a while. <laughs> it should be. Is it in yours? <laughs> It was it. No, it was in mine. Yes, it was in mine. Oh. <laughs> Sister of a two-time math Olympian was my Instagram bio at one point. Honestly, I might go back to that because I just think it's a conversation. Like maybe I'll make it my Tinder bio or something like that. <laughs> see if it's, I love that. For it you. was a proud time in my life. <laughs> just do like a bit of an A-B test. See if you get better responses. Honestly, then. like every once in a while I do do that, but that's neither I here nor there. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> um. So why don't we do our vibe check? Why don't, why don't we... Why don't we let our guests go first for the vibe check? Vibe check. My vibe check today, I would say it's pretty good. Things are finally opening in Ontario. Yes. I've been back to work this whole weekend. This is actually my first day off since we opened on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling good. I'm just happy to be interacting with humans outside of my own home, honestly. <laughs> outside of mom and dad and the cats. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went for pizza last weekend and we were just driving uptown and I almost cried just seeing like herds of people out on patios. I was like, this is what this is what dreams are made of. Honestly, honestly, yeah. being back on a patio last weekend, like I th- I think I could have shed a tear. It yeah. just felt surreal. I feel like my vibe check has been a lot better since like our what the heck is going on <laughs> episode. Um, I've been finding a little bit of balance between like morning yoga and morning running. Uh, I will say Sunny as a running partner has not improved. Not, not at all. Um, I was thinking, you know, mid season, he'd be feeling good about those five K's. No, 
he's out like a light for the rest of the day, which is great in terms of being a dog mom and living in a coffin. But, um, but I would say it's over overall. I'm doing good. That's good. Also, it was Sunny's first birthday yesterday. It was so exciting. I know. We've got a man in the family now. We have a man. He started lifting his leg up when he pees now. The first time today that I've ever seen him do it. It's like he knows he's a man now. He's a big boy now. Yes. Um, I will say my vibe check is also improving. Um, I have a therapy appointment next week that I'm feeling real good about because I will be honest, Nicole, I don't even know if you witnessed this, but last weekend I spilled an entire coffee in the kitchen and I just had a meltdown. You know what? I didn't witness it. I was still in bed, but I heard you crying. <laughs> like actually just cried in the kitchen and had to go back to bed for a little bit. So I did take that upon myself to mean like it might be time for a check-in with my therapist. So I'll like, I'll see you on Tuesday, my gal. And we've got some yeah. stuff to discuss. <laughs> We definitely had love- some conversations that I think that was the right move. <laughs> For sure. I love that we went to Costco on Monday, Laura, and we were like, Lauren, we both got meals from Costco because they're like $2.99. I'm drinking a Mountain Dew and she's explaining this coffee store. And I was like, yeah, it's time. It's time to buy a therapy appointment. It might be time. Just a quick check in, you know, just and then I was like, touch base. Maybe just put it in notes because the first time you go back to therapy, then you haven't been for like six months. You just feel like you just vomit all of your problems on them. And they're like, so where do you want to start? Because it's already been 55 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I remember the last time I went back to therapy for the first time after a while. Like, I don't even know that I had said hi. And I was like, OK, this is why I'm here. This is what I need to discuss. And like it just kind of fell out of me. So that one was a virtual one. This one, I think, will be in person, which I'm like, I just love. I just love like the therapy atmosphere. I just love having that Kleenex box beside me. Cause sometimes if you're on zoom and you did not prepare, you're like, oh. like I have to leave the room to go get Kleenex. <laughs> you're like, this is so weird. This is just so weird. And then you call back and you're like, where was I? Yeah. And it's like, it's like you're on FaceTime. Look, Cause like my therapist and I sometimes do just like FaceTime. So I feel like it's like, you're hanging out with your friends. You're just kind of like chilling. And then they're like, okay. And that's our time. And I'm like, but I'm not done yet. I'm not done. <laughs> the lifelong journey, my friend. We were just the being lifelong friends. journey. Like, yeah, it it definitely feels like we're just being friends. Okay, um, we're moving away from therapy as our only personality <laughs> trait. Let's get back to Nicole. Why we're really here? Yeah, and I mean, Nicole has some therapy experience that she she may chat about at some point. Um, but Nicole, you have quite the story, I would say. As your <laughs> sister, I kind of have to say that. Um, high school, end of high school. You were a basketball player through high school, and then you kind of knew that like that was going to probably be something you were going to pursue following high school, but you had kind of like a pretty big decision to make. You had some schools talking to you. So like, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, basketball was definitely a really big part of my high school experience. Um, by like 10th and 11th grade, I was starting to get some interest from universities um, wanting me to play there. So there was- And that was in <laughs> Canada and the States, right? Yeah. So I got- some some interest from both sides I did end up choosing a school in Fairfield Connecticut people have asked me like how I decided to go to America how I ended up there and I feel like it really didn't come down to like Canada versus America at all it was it was more just about I I did visits to all the schools that I was seriously considering and when I was on campus at the school I ended up choosing everything about the visit just felt right like everything Mm -hmm. I was doing was like I feel like I could be friends with these teammates I I get along with people here. I, I have met some advisors who I think the academics are going to be a good fit. It was just everything, the atmosphere. It was, it was on the water, which is really important to me because <laughs> we've grown up on the water. So mm-hmm. everything about the environment there just felt right. So it wasn't really that I was like, oh, I want to go to America. It was just that school really drew me in. Okay. I have one question just for my own personal experience. Cause I'd like to say that I went to the free throw um, competition one year. I went to that too. And I actually, I went by default because three people had dropped out before me. Uh, I'm just wondering, when did you start your basketball career? Because you're saying like, oh, ninth grade, like I started basketball. I'm like, I think if I were to get like a D1 scholarship, I would have had to start at like the age of two. I probably would never. <laughs> I guess ninth grade was when I started taking it more seriously. My first year playing was fifth grade. So I had I had actually grown up playing soccer. We have a European dad, so it was kind of <laughs> forced upon us, but I love soccer. But um, in fifth grade, I actually just had a friend say like, hey, I'm trying out for this basketball team. Like, you should come with me. And this was like when I was starting to hit a growth spurt too. So a lot of this people This was like were quite like, pre your growth spurt though. Like you were still It was a little short. bit, yeah. Yeah, when I first started, it was not so much. But 
yeah, I mean, I played point guard my first couple of years and that didn't last long. Um, yeah, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know that reference. <laughs> I was the also trying to the Lauren. Ball. Did you play soccer, Lauren? I played soccer for like 13 years. <laughs> Were you center? Like I know, I know soccer. I was, I I was basketball. I was defense. <laughs> Classic. Usually, usually Classic. a center or a center or a right defense was my position. I was defense in hockey. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also when my dad was coach, I was goalie, which was the worst. <laughs> oh my God. The goalie at one point, And I think we all ended up quitting because of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, one time I let in 16 goals in one game because I had just stopped. I was like, I don't care. I'm out. They just you keep just, shooting. And I'm, I don't, I'm done. I'm done. You just like sat I, down in the grass. Yes. <laughs> I literally. That. I also wish that I could say I was older. Like I was younger than like 14, but I'm pretty sure I was like <laughs> too old to just sit down in the grass and in a soccer game. But like, did your teammates pick up your slack or no. like at that point, you're 14 <laughs> goals down. Like no one gives a shit anymore. People are just like, okay, like someone take me for ice cream after this game. Cause this is, this is a trauma I'm going to have to discuss. Okay. Write that down. Put it in the drive. We're going to talk about that later, but back to Nicole. <laughs> yeah. So, so fifth grade. Yeah. Fifth grade was when it started. And then I kept playing both basketball and soccer um, for fun for like n- not really taking either too seriously until seventh grade. And then that is when I hit my growth spurt. So I went into seventh grade, five foot two, and I came out five foot nine. <laughs> so, and then at that point, I kind of realized that I had been playing soccer for almost 10 years and I've been playing basketball for two years and I was already way better at basketball. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, I kind of hit a point where I made a choice and I just decided I'm going to stick with basketball and I let soccer go. And then, yeah, in high school, I was getting more interest. I started, um, I started playing for a club in London instead of Sarnia. So it was a bigger club, a little bit higher level. And, uh, at that point I just kind of, it became pretty much my whole life for a while there. <laughs> yes. I'm just I know curious, that. were you a, were you a solid five, nine or were you like six foot, but calling yourself five, nine, See, at that five time, nine too many times. <laughs> <laughs> at that time I was a solid five, nine. I've grown two more inches since then. And I appreciate your honesty. I say six foot, but I'm also not actually six foot. Six (laughs) foot in basketball shoes is what is what it always. I think all of my rosters have always said I'm six one, and I was. It was such a lie, but everyone does it in basketball. (laughs) Everyone does it everywhere. Yeah, Tinder, Bumble, you name it, everyone's done it. (laughs) Men do it everywhere. Women really only do it in sports. (laughs) Yes. So you ended up in the states. You ended up because, like, you're also a very smart gal. I feel like. The two-time math Olympian gives that away. Got but, a little bit of brains. So like you definitely had to balance things like crazy, right? Like when, when you ended up in Connecticut? I did. Yeah. It. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot. <laughs> Looking back on the year I've had now of having almost no obligations, <laughs> I literally think to myself like on a daily basis, how on earth did I live with the schedule I lived with in university? Because I, so we had a basketball schedule of like practices, lifts, pretty well every day like six days a week um and even our off days like it was kind of expected you were doing something whether you were in the gym shooting or going for a run or whatever but yeah so there was that and then I was also a biology major so I had a full course load including labs so just like timeline wise that was there was a lot going on there and then more a little bit more than our communication schedule (laughs) (laughs) okay we're not in the business of slamming our degrees okay no no I know I love our, our degree but we were it was a lot more out of class work. Expectation. <laughs> yeah, no, like I feel like every every student, whether you're a student athlete or just a student, like everyone's got a lot going on. I think for me, it was just a lot more scheduled time. Um, and then by fourth year, I decided that like the whole biology degree and basketball thing wasn't enough. And I decided to get a job too. And I, I ended up babysitting four mornings a week at like 6 a.m. And then I also got a job on campus at like the um, the theater and I was working at like the concession stand or handing out tickets or whatever, a lot of various things. And yeah, the, <laughs> it was definitely a very large time commitment that I don't think I will ever choose to live my life that packed again. But at the time it was, it was really good for me. And I, I had a good experience. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I also don't know how you did it. I <laughs> could not, I was not balancing that much and I still felt that's, busy, a, so. that's a good point. Like living with Lauren during university, like there was <laughs> not a lot of structure. Like she never let things pass by. She never handed in a dang assignment late, but like not one. it was down to the wire every time. Oh, like I feel like every year. So in first year, I feel like it would be like, yeah, I'm going to start this assignment early. I'm going to do it. And starting it early would be like, okay, it's due in a week. I'll do it then. 
Second and third year usually came down to like two to three to the the night before. By fourth year, I literally don't know that I had an assignment that I started before the morning it was due. (laughs) Sometimes you need the pressure. I always I was 100 percent the person who was like, I I can't like I work best under pressure. It probably was just I just didn't want to do it. And then it was like, okay, I have to do it now. I would love to say that that's changed. I don't know that it has, but you live and you learn. The problem with procrastination is if it never bites you in the butt, you're (laughs) never going to change. I have the same problem. That is. Yeah, that is honestly the problem. (laughs) Um, It has never not worked out for me. So I got to reflect on that. Yeah. So also Connecticut is like 12 hours from home. So I know that you had a period of time that you were kind of like maybe struggling with that a little bit, had some like mental health stuff going on. Do you want to chat about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think so for me, it was, it was the beginning of my second year when I started to realize that there were some maybe not normal thoughts going on, some, some struggles with my mental health. I think looking back on it, I think that first year, so as part of basketball, we, we did a summer school program every year. So I went to my first summer school three weeks after I graduated high school. So I didn't really have time to think about like all the changes that were happening. So summer school started first year was kind of just a whole whirlwind. Like everyone has a crazy first year, I guess. And then, and then I came home for my first summer. And when I went back for summer school, the second year, I remember just feeling really, really out of place. Uh, which is which is weird because I've I've been really close with my team from the beginning. I'm still really close with a lot of them, but I I was feeling like I usually love summer school. I should be so happy right now. But I was like calling my mom crying the first weekend. Like I I feel wrong here. Something just like isn't feeling the way that it did last year. It doesn't feel right. So, but that was only four weeks. So I thought like, oh, I've gotten used to being at home. Like maybe I'm just not not really like I'm just missing being at home the way that I was for the last couple months. So I came home in August again, everything was good. And then I went back in September and it was great at the start. It was like seeing all my friends that weren't from my team that I hadn't seen at summer school and getting back into things felt really great. And then a couple weeks into that September, I was again feeling like everything just felt wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I ended up making the choice that this is the first time that I ever went to therapy at all. I went to the Um, like counseling services on campus. And I just decided I need to talk to someone who doesn't really know me, who doesn't know my situation, just get all of this out of me and see how I feel once I talk to someone about it. The, I guess, counselor that I was seeing there, she was really, really helpful. Uh, I definitely felt so much better after talking to someone. I was still having kind of like feelings of, I don't really know what to do. I don't know if I want to be here anymore. And I was considering transferring home to go to come to school somewhere closer. Mm-hmm. And I actually hit the point where I decided that's what I'm going to do. So I had, I had talked to my coaches. I had talked to a lot of my friends and I had basically told them like, I'm, I'm going home. I actually forgot that you had made that full decision. Yeah. Like I forgot that you had made the decision to like actually come home. Cause you were talking to schools at like in Canada. Yeah, I was. So I talked to coaches from like seven or eight different schools in Ontario that I had originally talked to in high school. And I think that was kind of the point where things flipped again. And I don't necessarily think I know, like I can pinpoint what, what was going on in the first place and why it changed. But I do know that as I was having these phone calls with, with coaches and schools from home, I was thinking, I was being told everything I wanted to hear. It was like, Oh yeah, we've got a place for you. We think you'd be really good here. And, and I would hang up the phone and I would still just feel wrong. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had to take a step back and think like, okay, what like what is making me feel like what aspects of my life are making me feel like not my best self right now um why is it that I think that coming home would make things better but but like it's not feeling like coming home would make things better now that it's a reality yeah that's like so extremely emotionally mature for the age of 20 (laughs) or 21 where you really haven't stopped to have time to even think about your feelings so like kudos to you for knowing that you had to chat with someone and like you wanted to get these thoughts out of your brain or at least like you know have someone else work through them with you so that that's incredible um I'm just wondering like I feel like you know let's say we have some listeners that are thinking about going to the states for a scholarship and I feel like 
there's probably so much pressure to like your whole hometown. There's probably newspapers saying like Nicole bus has made it to for a full scholarship. And like, how did that feel when you were going through that process? Yeah, all of that is true. I think, I think that when it was first happening at the end of high school, it was all just like, I was only feeling the exciting parts of it. It was just like, kind of nice to have all this attention on you and like everybody being so proud of you, everybody being so happy for you. And, and it was all just the positive feelings of it at first. And like I said, then the first year was just a whirlwind. And I think that like second year was the first time that I had any time to really acknowledge like any of the negatives I was feeling about that, any of the pressure it was putting on me, any of the pressure I was putting on myself. I also think like in first year, you just, it's going to be feel different regardless. So even if you were feeling in any way, like, I don't know if this is where I want to be or whatever, like it still is like, okay, well it's different and everything feels different anyways. So regardless of whatever you were feeling, like it could have just been oh, it's my first year. Like I'm still getting used to it kind of thing. And I think I had to kind of get to the point of acknowledging like that I maybe wanted to leave and come home. And it was almost like that, that made me realize like, no, I don't think that is the problem. I don't think the fact that I'm not like near home is the problem. I think like there are kind of other aspects of my life or other aspects of even just my attitude. Like, I know it's not always that simple for people, but, but some part of it was definitely just changing my mindset to like, Look at all the really great things I have here, the great people in my life, the the great academics I'm getting, like everything that was going really well in my life. I, it just kind of like came to the front of my mind once I had decided that I wasn't going to be there anymore. And I realized that like leaving wouldn't really fix the problem. Mm-hmm. It would it would probably just make me more sad. So I end yeah. up I, I did end up choosing to stay and I stayed all four years at at Fairfield. And I'm really, really glad that I did. Because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I ended up like not really struggling too much with my mental health beyond second year. Obviously, everyone has their ups and downs and everything, but but beyond like once I made the decision to stay, I I never looked back from there. Like I never regretted it. Yeah, I think it's also like the pressures of feeling like what if I don't want to stay? Like there's so much pride here. There's so much t- like and like maybe just even talking to your parents and being like I don't know if I really want to stay. Like the, I can honestly just like envision the like the relief that you probably felt when you told mm-hmm. your parents like hey I'm not really feeling it because it, mm-hmm. it, you know there's just so much pressure and I feel like I felt like that like when I shared that I wasn't really feeling like I loved my job and it was mm-hmm. so flashy and everyone understood what I was doing and then I was like but I don't I don't love it mm-hmm. and then just being able to share that with people is something that I was like holding in for so long. For sure. I remember that, that October, our family weekend, the whole family came to visit me. And it was kind of a few weeks after I had talked to them about everything. And I remember, like, I saw them and I started bawling and just ran across and just like seeing my family was that release that that I needed on that day. Yeah, honestly, I remember that that period of your like academic experience so vividly, because I think it was something that like, obviously, we were talking about with mom a lot and, and stuff like that. And it was such a big like, is she going to come home? Is that the right decision? Is it the right decision to stay kind of? And honestly, like it was something that you had to just decide for yourself and like figure out what exactly was going to be the best, the best decision for you and your, your future. Mm -hmm. Now I know part of this had to do with, um, like basketball itself, part of this decision, because you had come from kind of being at the top of a team to, obviously when you first come into university, especially in a D one school, it can be kind of like, okay, you have to kind of like work your way up the ladder. Um, but I know you had a little bit of a different experience with that. Do you want to chat about it a little bit? I mean, anyone that's going to go play basketball or any sport in university is going to see that like every single person on the team was the best player on their high school team. Like we, we were all at the top of our high school teams. So that, and then there's just not space for everyone to be at the top of the university team, obviously. So I think that that definitely was a part of the mental health situation was like, I, I had all this confidence in basketball from high school. Like it was probably where most of my confidence in high school came from. And then you kind of get knocked down a little bit when you're not getting the minutes that you think you're going to or whatever. So, so that definitely was like a big part of why I struggled then. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think when it came down to it, like, not playing as much as I was expecting to ended up being like a really, really good thing for me. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I grew a lot as a person in a lot of ways. I think in high school, I was like 
way, way, way overly competitive to a level <laughs> that was like, yeah, I'm probably going to lose some friends over this. Like, it, I would say it was not high good. school as well, considering <laughs> when you were like six, we were playing sorry once and I played a sorry <laughs> card on you and you flipped the board and ran away. That's where it started for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then one time playing we in high school when dad told me that he only loved me because he had to no, love me, but my friends didn't have to. It wasn't he only loved you. It was we love you because we have to love you. Your friends don't. You got to chill a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But so I think I think that like, yeah, <laughs> it still hurts a little bit. I'm not going to lie. She <laughs> talked about it in therapy. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. She got it out in a, in a controlled environment. And we appreciate that, Nicole. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I do think that like, like I said, overall as a person, I feel like I, I grew a lot from the experience, but at the time it was, it was really hard to, to come to terms with. Oh yeah. I think especially because like so much of your identity came from basketball Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it was like, oh shit. It came to a point where I had, I had identified myself through basketball for a really long time. Um, so like not really being able to do that to the same level. I had to figure out kind of where else, where else I could classify basketball in my life and Mm kind of like what else was important to me. So I think that like, there was not really the best balance in high school where like I took sports was everything to me and anything competitive was more important than anything else. And it was Mm -hmm. always just like needing to be the best at stuff. But so I feel like when it was like not necessarily what I wanted to, I had to detach myself a little bit. Um, and I was still like always very present in practice and like working really hard for my, like I've always, I loved all my teammates all four years and that was always really important, but, but I had to take myself out of it a little bit and realize that like basketball didn't have to be the be all and end all of my entire life. So I was looking at like, like the reasons I decided to stay was kind of like, well, if basketball not being the like most important thing in my life anymore is the only reason that I'm thinking of going home. Like I need to look at how much I love my friends here, how much I love my experience here, how much my life here is exactly what I want it to be in every other aspect. Mm-hmm. So I think there was, there was a major shift there for me. I feel like that's such a good thing to learn at that age as well. Like, could you imagine learning that? Like, I, I feel like that's something that I'm learning right now because work was my identity for so long. And I tell Lauren this all the time. I'm like dabbling in all these random ass hobbies because I'm like, just trying to find things that bring me joy outside of work. So I, I, I can relate to that. I mean, I can't relate to the competitiveness, honestly, like no, Nicole I got don't all the really care. <laughs> I think about Maybe that. I'm like, oh, I wish that was a quality that I had, but I'm not super competitive, but I, uh, mm-hmm. I fully relate to that. And I think, God, you're just so lucky that you learned all these lessons at 21. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, like it was not the experience I was expecting to have, at least in terms of basketball. But I do think that like overall, I think it was actually a lot better of an experience for me becoming like more of the person that I wanted to be. Hindsight's 2020. Always. Exactly. Speaking of 2020. 2020 graduate Uh, what a flow what a flow it's like you set it up or something like that (laughs) I know it's uh, it sucks because it sounded like such a great year I remember going into university being like oh I'm graduating in 2020 that's so cool if only any of us knew anything about 2020 cut to work out that way (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah talk about you coming home in 2020 and leaving all of your stuff all of your goddamn stuff on the East coast. Oh dear. Okay. So (laughs) I guess everything kind of hit the fan in March as we all know, but so my personal experience with exactly what was going on when this all happened was my team was at our conference championships for this year. So it was the end of our season. We had played our first game and won, and we came out of the locker room expecting to play our second game the next day. And we just kind of looked around and everyone was sort of like all of our parents were looking at us with like sad eyes. We saw another team in the tournament was sitting in the bleachers and they were all like huddled together crying. And all of us just looked at each other. We were like, what is going on right now? So I walked up to my mom and she's like, so they just announced like you guys are not playing your game tomorrow. They've canceled the rest of the tournament. They canceled the whole NCAA tournament. Um, So everything is going wrong (laughs) essentially. Um, and actually, I guess the night before we had gotten an email from our school while we were at dinner that said, like, uh, actually, I should preface the rest of campus was on spring break during this week. So mm-hmm. everyone else was already at home or on vacation or whatever. 
so we're at this tournament and we're sitting down to dinner together and we all got this email from our school saying you guys are going to stay home for an extra week this coronavirus is going around and we're going to keep you guys away for a week to hope things get better (laughs) (laughs) if only we knew (laughs) I just think back to March of 2020 when we were all like how long could this really be like will this actually like see you in two weeks as you're leaving the Mm -hmm. office (laughs) <laughs> yeah so like when, the moment you realized it was real like mine was exactly like I was sitting in a lounge at work and I saw on CP24 that the NBA had canceled their entire like season and I was like oh shit <laughs> mine was when my dad called us when we were in Collingwood being like I don't think you guys should go to the bar and we were like it's fine like it's no, totally- I fully I questioned his judgment at that time <laughs> we <were> like, <laughs> you're being dramatic like everything's fine like March 8th, it's fine. Yeah. Everything <laughs> was not fine. Everything was not fine. No. But so from there, it's funny because at the time I remember thinking, oh, you know what? This is perfect. Like I haven't been home since the four days at Christmas and before that since August. My parents are here like watching the games. I can just go home with them for a week and I'll fly back in a week. So that's what I did. I, I went back to my house. I grabbed one duffel bag full of clothes thinking I was going to be home for a week. And I went home with my parents, left my car there, left everything else there, came home for a week. And then like a couple days after I get home, they close the border. <laughs> so there is no shot of getting back over the border. There is no shot of going to get my stuff. So Lauren and the rest of my family got to hear me complain for like two months straight about how I, I think didn't it was more than two months. any of my stuff. It was about mm-hmm. two months because by at the end of May, my dad and I actually made like a one- my lease was about to run out. So we, we went to the border and we showed them my lease and we said, look, I have to move out of this house. And they let <laughs> us go across and we, we went down in one day and came back. So I finally got my stuff back at the end of May. And that was the only time I've a, left the country since. But <laughs> That was also beauty to all of our ears. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it, I mean, to make it a little deep, I'm very much a nester. Like Lauren walks into my room and she's like, would you consider yourself a maximalist? Because every <laughs> <A> maximalist. <laughs> Like, Every single Andy age. would consider me a maximalist. So that <laughs> I is- was like, wow, this must run in the family because Lauren is also a nester. Oh, I am yeah. absurd compared to Lauren's. My every inch of my wall is covered in like photos of my family, friends, I can see that. mementos, yeah. everything. Yes. <laughs> so so I'm a nester. I felt just like I wasn't able to get comfortable in my space for those whole two months. So uh, everyone else had to hear me complain, but it was nothing compared to what was going on inside of me. Okay. <laughs> Well, literally pulled out like baby pictures of herself and put it up on the wall so they weren't empty. Like it was it was really funny. She was in shows as a kid and like had like the the like plaques of like the Annie cast from when she was some in of those grade. made the cut to stay on the wall since coming home. Love that for you. Love that. Um, that sounds awful. Honestly, I can totally relate. I moved back out of, out of Toronto and I only brought a duffel bag and my sisters would be like, why are you still wearing those camel pants? And I'm like, well, this is all I have. It's uh, one of it. three pairs of pants I brought home. <laughs> I was like, it's either my Lululemon aligned pants, which like I can't keep wearing, or these camel pants. And every time Samantha and Casey would be like, yeah, like again, again. And I was like, screw you. Okay. Andrea Cameron, um, you are an outfit repeater. <laughs> I am. I'm fully an outfit repeater, outfit repeater, and I stand by that. Yeah. Um, okay, so graduating in COVID. So like tell us about that whole situation. Like how did you feel? How did it like how does it actually feel? Like I think Lauren and I can think about what it might feel like. Yeah. Um but really tell us like I feel like a lot of people went through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say it was like incredibly emotional in a lot of ways. I think uh, part of like like I said playing basketball, it took up basically like a whole lot of my time during university. So the timing of it couldn't have been worse there because we, like I said, we were at our conference tournament. So I was at the point where within the next couple of weeks, depending on how far we made it, I would be done with basketball and be able to have two months of being just a regular university student. And as much as I loved basketball, loved my team, loved everything about it. I was really, really excited to have those two months of just like being able to spend more time with my like outside of basketball friends and just having a little bit more free time to do what I wanted with it. So then getting that message that I was losing those two months I had been looking forward to, that was not great at first. And then, and then it was kind of like everything sort of hit you in waves. So when I first came home and everything was happening, I think it was very much like, okay, there's something really serious going on. Like we need to take this seriously. And 
then like throughout the process, we were just figuring out like how long it would be. We, there were still points where we thought we might go back in May. We might get that last month. We might do our graduation in person. And then when it became obvious that wasn't going to happen, I think there was, there was a lot of emotions around it. Obviously it was really, really sad. I was like, I'm, I had been looking forward to getting to walk across that stage with my friends. My school also had a lot of senior events that I had been really looking forward to for four years. And then our whole class just didn't get to do. Uh, which which sucked I'll, I'll be honest it was really really sad and it's still like there are still days I think about it and I'm like wow it it's not really fair that we didn't get to do that I think so much of that time was also like you wanted to have your own reaction to it but you also then were like well people are dying and like there's this horrendous thing that's going on and your feelings are like it was it was like having to make your own feelings feel okay and like justify those but then you come back and you're like, it's okay to feel the way that you feel. It's okay yeah. to miss those senior events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was going to like, going to get into next. I think that for me, it was like really balancing. I think a lot of days I would feel really sad about it. And then all of a sudden I would feel guilty. I would be like, yeah, okay. What I have lost is so minor compared to what like people that are losing family members and friends and like the people that are dying and people that are getting sick and people that are having long-term effects that maybe COVID didn't kill them, but now they're going to have serious health effects later. So there were so many more serious problems than what I was losing. And I think that I was always feeling guilty anytime I would feel upset. And then sometimes I had to remind myself that like, just because there's something bigger going on in the world doesn't mean that like my sadness isn't valid. Like I Mm -hmm. can I can feel the sadness without it meaning that I'm a bad person who doesn't acknowledge that there are worse things going on. So it was kind of an, it was an internal struggle for quite a while. It still is because there's, there's still days where it's, it's like, wow, I, I will never get to have a normal college graduation. And well, especially because like they extended it to be a real life thing, but the border's still closed and that's now coming gone, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, so it's still miss out on that. Yeah. So last May, when we were supposed to have our graduation, they, our school had emailed us and they said, listen, it's not safe to do it right now, but we do plan on hosting something in person for you guys when it is safe. So that did happen. Um, so just this past May, so last month, I guess they, mm-hmm. they actually did hold an in-person ceremony, but because the border still closed, I was not able to attend or at least not able to attend in a way that I would feel comfortable with. So I, I didn't have my vaccine yet. And I was still uncomfortable with the level of crowd that it was going to be. And in addition, it was, we were only allowed to have two guests. And I think I would have felt really, really weird being there without my sisters being able to come. Yeah. So I, so I wasn't able to go to that either. So that was, I mean, my sisters and friends did, did a little (laughs) celebration for me, which was really, really nice and exciting and everything, but it was, it was hard seeing all my friends there together and not being able to be a part of it. But they said your name at graduation, so. We did say my name. I got a text from from my best friend there, and she said, oh, my gosh, they just said your name. <laughs> that was that was kind of fun to hear. Yeah, I literally couldn't even imagine. Although my sisters didn't come to my graduation, so, like, shout out to them for not coming to my graduation, and there was not a pandemic, so I'm, like, really thinking about that. They also look a little sun. Get sun in the back. <laughs> so, yeah, Nicole didn't get to go to graduation, unfortunately, but... What are you doing now? How have you spent the last year of your life? My life's been in a little bit of limbo in the best way, though. I have picked up a couple of serving jobs in town, which damn, I miss serving, (laughs) which I really enjoy. Um, I always having had a biology degree, I do plan on going back to school at some point. But I always even before COVID was even a thought in anyone's brain, I had always intended on taking the year after undergrad off. I was hoping to be able to work and uh, the goal was to be able to travel, which is obviously not something that happened this year. So, um, yeah, so I got home and I, I applied for a couple of serving jobs. Well, I applied for one serving job, got it. And then ended up getting a second serving job through a family friend. So I've been working at two like local Sarnia businesses, which I've really, really enjoyed. I made, met a lot of cool people, made good money. It's been, it's been really good. Um, but yeah, the, the plan was only ever to take one gap year, but it has blossomed into a second because mm-hmm. I still wasn't quite ready to nail down what I wanted to do with my grad degree. And I also am still holding out hope that I will be able to travel before uh, before I end up back locked into another degree because I I was very, very lucky to have my undergrad paid for and I have the funds like 
to do the traveling now. And I don't want to get into a situation where I have like a full-time being a full-time student or a full-time job that's like locking me down and I'm not able to do it until I retire. So Mm -hmm. this second gap year will hopefully be spent at least partially traveling. Yeah. Cause I think something we didn't mention is like you were pre-med in school, but I also think like you weren't the person who grew up being like, Oh my gosh, I want to be a doctor. No. Yeah. So, so I did enter towards the end of high school. I was deciding like, okay, I I like science. I'm interested in this. And at risk of sounding like a little braggy, everyone for my whole life has always told me like, you're so smart. You have such a good, like you have the brain to be a doctor. You should, you should go to med school. And it was never something that like felt right to me. Um, It was always kind of something like I ended up going into university pre-med and it was really only because like, I didn't really know what else I wanted to do. And there was all this pressure being put on like, not necessarily like family and friends putting on pressure, but just, just even the comments then made me put all the pressure on myself. And I ended up being, yeah. So I started pre-med and it was not too far into my undergrad degree that I was realizing, okay, I'm really interested in like all this science that I'm learning, but like medicine is not the dream for me. It's not really what I want to do. Um, so I shouldn't really, it, that's, that's a big thing, big expense, big effort. Like that's a lot to put yourself through (laughs) if it's not, exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And I think like, especially grad school, it's like, do you do that and just kind of do something to do it? Because you're like, well, I know I need to go to grad school or like, is it better to take the extra year and then come to the conclusion of like, okay, this is actually what I want to do. And this is where, where I see myself. Exactly. I think the pressure though, they're like, even just even phrasing it as like, you have to know what you're going to yeah. do. Maybe you get to grad school and go into medicine and then decide that you're going to change it. But it's sometimes just about like taking those steps towards it. Like you don't necessarily have to have everything planned out regardless of if you apply for a master's program or not, like you mm-hmm. can always change your mind. Yeah. And I think I came out, like, like I said, I really enjoy what I studied in, in my undergrad, but I kind of came out of my undergrad, not really any steps closer to knowing what I wanted <laughs> my actual career to be. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really want to do the same thing with a, with a master's or a graduate degree of some sort. I didn't want to go to more school and still not feel like I'm any steps closer. If you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Especially because I feel like anything with science there, like, I don't know that they're aside from doing like a master's in biology. Like, I feel like you kind of have, like when you enter a grad program, it's usually like streamlining you into some like profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more of a, Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's definitely like, that definitely makes sense. I think that there, it definitely is this thing of like, you're 22 and all of a sudden you're supposed to know exactly how you want to spend the next 40 plus years of your life. Like, no, like, are you 22 or 23? She's 23 currently, but I mean, (laughs) I mean, coming out of school. Okay. Okay. I know. I thought you hold up the number. I thought you were saying me. And then as you continued your sentence, I figured it out. No. And then I was like, it says 23 in the dock, but uh, (laughs) in the drive, it says 23. And I go by the drive. Always drive. We put it in the drive. drive, It's, it's factual information. Mm-hmm. Lauren takes a swig out of her beer and we try to keep the conversation flowing. <laughs> Sorry, I needed I needed okay. that. <laughs> um, so now you're hanging out with mom and dad. We've all been there. Don't we, worry. You know what? No shame in that game. Your parents are the best roommates you're ever going to have. They make you <laughs> dinner. They do your laundry. Like you'll never find a roommate that great. Lauren, I'm sorry you weren't that great of a roommate. <laughs> In comparison to my mom, honestly, please. Misha's great. I will give you that. I did not do your laundry. Although remember? I think you might have enjoyed it. I love laundry. And I also just remember the time that you were like, hey, Laura, can you do this assignment? And I tried to do it coming home from the bar. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> it was one sentence. I was like, okay, hey, I'm working till 3 a.m. and this is due at like 7 a.m. And I was like, you're already doing this assignment. Can you do it for me? And she just wrote like, no, I do not agree with this statement. And I looked at the answer. And I, it was I mean, just like working till 3 a.m. In my defense, I was at that bar and I think you drove me home. Like, I think we came home at the same time and I was drunk. So <laughs> I don't know why I made you do that or even asked you to do that. Honestly, um, you did it for the plot. For sure. <laughs> sure. We're so off track. Okay. So Nicole, it's okay to not know what you want to do. I think it's just about like 
either taking the time to relax and give yourself the headspace that you need to be in to be able to make that decision. Or it's like about, you could also like volunteer or you could chat with people about what you want to do. It's not about feeling like I'm 22 and I need to figure out what I want to do. Like in the grand scheme of life, even like, you know, talking from not experience, but like 10 years at the age of 23 is only 33. So like, if you wanted to become a surgeon, you would be fine. You'd be fine. Yeah. You and your partner would be fine. (laughs) Yeah. I think that like this year has been, I feel like I keep calling it like, it's not so much an existential crisis as like existential processing where I've been Mm -hmm. kind of hitting a point where like being, I've already talked about how competitive I've always been and how like, I've always been a person who puts a lot of pressure on stuff and I take things like pretty seriously. And, and it kind of this year I had to, I had to really like take a step back and be like, yeah, I don't really know what's exactly going on in my life right now, but I need to like be okay with that. I need to be okay with like, like I said, I'm 23 years old. Like some people don't figure out what they want to do with their lives until they're in their forties or even later. So I had to really take a step back and take the pressure off of that. And I've just been spending my time the way that I want to these days. So, yeah. So, and I think like, additionally to you being like transitioning out of being in university you also have spent your entire teenage and early adult life in long-term relationships and that is also different now so like starting your (laughs) early 20s single for the first time basically ever yeah I I spent basically since I was 15 I have spent most of my time in relationships I had a long-term high school relationship and then that ended and then uh like a year of being somewhat single and then the and then I got into another relationship that lasted until just this past September so basically six of the last seven years of my life prior to this were spent in long-term relationships and as much as like I wouldn't say that I ever defined myself like within those relationships it, it is a comfort level that you get used to so then it has definitely been like an adjustment being going into my early 20s single, but uh, it's, it's good. Like I feel good about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly, I think I look back now and I'm so grateful that I was single in my early twenties. So just like, it might feel hard at some times, but just know that it's like 100% worth it. I, I feel like I kind of like, I did it right. I had a high school boyfriend and then I had a university boyfriend And now I'm coming into my twenties single and I feel like I'm on good terms with both of the guys. I, I learned a lot from both relationships. I feel like I know what I want. I know what I don't want. So I like having those experiences as much as sometimes it might feel weird that like, Oh, I didn't really have any exploration times in like either one. Cause I was in these long-term relationships. I feel like they that were was both- the time when you live with <laughs> yeah. your parents, a hundred percent. You do you girl. You do you. You tell us about those handstands that you're doing. (laughs) I'm so sorry to both of your parents and mine and mine as well. We can leave that to the honestly, (laughs) when you say what you don't want, we don't want Patriots fans. That's what we don't want. Oh, that's a direct stab. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's also in my own personal life, but we need someone who's uh, more in line with our political and spiritual <laughs> values or lack thereof life <laughs> life is great single that's where we're gonna it where is, we're gonna, yeah. gonna go with that working as a bartender is a lot easier when you're single <laughs> that is true one time that someone said that they would take me to the keg and oh. I did bar- I bartended for like five years and that was like the nicest thing someone ever said to me he was like you're you're pretty enough to take to the keg and I was like you know what? I get a lot of a lot of random pickup lines, but that one really stuck out. I wonder to me. how you. pretty you have to be to get taken to the keg. Or what is, what is how, the many cor- how many Coors Lights have they had? Uh, you know, a it great could question. go either way. Yeah. Go oh, either I'm way. trying to think of the best pickup line that I ever got as a server. Nicole, do you have one? Okay, the thing, it's less of a pickup line and more of just like a consistency of being a server during COVID. When guys think you're cute, they ask you to take your mask off so you they can see your whole face. Like the number of Ew. guys I've had be like, Oh, like, I think you're cute. Can I, can I see your whole face? I feel like that's the COVID mm-hmm. equivalent of like, oh, you should smile more. It literally, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I'm like, mm, you're probably cut off. Can, I, can you take off your like, pants I- so that I know what I'm getting myself <laughs> into? 
<laughs> Honestly, my first thought is always like, are my eyes not pretty enough? Like, do you need to see my mouth? <laughs> are you going to tip me more? Like, that's the only thing that I really care about. I don't think we're going to exactly. go home together, but like I live with my parents. Like, are you going to tip me 18%, 20? That's only where oh, God, if you're it. only doing that for 18%, mm-mm. you got to mm-hmm. like do that for like the 25. Honestly, my um, restaurant's great. We got, we got presets of like 15, 20, 25. And we have so many regulars that just are like 25. It's wonderful. Anyway, I'm about to have an existential <laughs> crisis on this podcast. So like at the end of the day, 23 is very young and you still got a lot of time to figure it out. Um, mom and dad aren't kicking you out anytime soon, except dad does keep making the jokes, which are like, it's like, it's like one too many where it's like, you know, that he's like a little yeah. bit serious, but <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I'm starting to get slightly offended, but every so often he'll be like, <laughs> You know, I actually don't need you to leave, right? <laughs> He's like always the shirt. You know, you, you know, I actually love you. Like we were yeah. playing that Wii game. Like I actually love yeah. you. And I, I mean, I just want you to know that. Might be just because have I have to, but. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Um. Should we end it with the question that we always end it with? And I also feel like we can talk about like your three top takeaways, but Nicole, yeah. you know, you're only 23 and you know, we could say the same to us. Like Lauren and I are only 25, but if you could go back to your 21 year old self, what would you tell her? I think the biggest thing I've touched on it a little bit already, but like my biggest piece of advice would just be like, life is hard enough without putting pressure on yourself. Like you don't need to be the person who makes life harder for you. Other people are going to do that. Like I've always personally been like my biggest critic. I'm always like saying like that grade wasn't good enough. That game wasn't good enough. Like I've, I'm always putting pressure on myself. And I think that I have really learned that I should be taking that pressure off of myself. Like I shouldn't be the person putting that pressure on. Um, I would also say my other big takeaway from all the experiences has just been that life has got to be about balance (laughs) because I guess like through having identified myself through basketball for so long. And then it was through maybe like being pre-med and there was just all these different routes that, we're getting too much attention at once sometimes. And I always find like my, my life and my mental health and everything is best when I'm, when I'm fully balancing, like putting things into all the different aspects of my life instead of just like being really super focused on one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you also bring up like such a good point and saying like the original plan was only one year and like, I was going to work and travel and do all these things. And like, realistically, that probably would have burnt you out more. Mm-hmm. And it's just about going with the flow of life. Like if you really think back, Nicole, like you were so regimented and so scheduled that last year you were probably just like decompressing from such a burnt out (laughs) schedule. And now this year, like you probably feel like you can actually have some flow in your life. Yeah. Ask her how many books she's read this year. (laughs) Oh, you want to join our book club? Uh, yeah, I would would, finish. She would drive our book club so fast forward. (laughs) It would. Oh, it's a slow book club. (laughs) Honestly, the only things that like we all know Ontario has been in lockdown for such a good amount of the last year and the only things that have been getting my attention like I've been doing workouts daily and I've been reading books and that is that is pretty well it I've kept a list and I have read I'm on my 66th book since January 1st of 2021 (laughs) and (laughs) I've always been a person (laughs) I've always been a person who loves to read but like I have never in my life had the amount of time to like catch up on all these books I have on my bookshelf that I haven't read yet. So I'm a nerd. Yes. Julia would yell at me, but, (laughs) (laughs) but that is how I've been spending my time and I'm not ashamed of it. (laughs) Yes. Don't ever be ashamed. ashamed. (laughs) Mm -mm. Yeah. That's my sister people. She's great. Yeah. I feel like I learned a lot about you, Nicole, as well. Like, I feel like I remember when you were thinking about coming home. I remember being at Masonville mall in London and Lauren telling me like, Nicole's thinking about coming home. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like that's new. I've never heard that before. And like, I feel like I've been an outsider on all of these like milestones for you and like what you're up to this week, this year. But I also think like kudos to you for taking the time that you actually like genuinely need and deserve as well. Like you worked your butt off to be where you are and like, just enjoy it. Like if I, okay, I, if I were to go back to my 21 year old self, I was working at a golf course, flipping hot dogs on a barbecue. And my mom was like, you need to enjoy the summer because your life is going to get really busy. And now I work at a job where like, I feel like there's never really any end. Mm. And I wish that I, sometimes I wish that I was at that summer when I was 21 and on the great tan. And I really appreciated what it was for, for what it was. And like, 
really lived in the moment there. And I know how hard that is when there's so much pressure on you, but, um, just like just trying to embrace it and enjoy it and be as present as possible because your life is going to get really, really busy. Even if you try to find balance with hobbies like tennis. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like when I first got home, there was a lot more like, like I said, putting pressure on myself, just like, Oh, trying to think like spending all my time on the computer, looking up what programs I could possibly go to and just being constantly stressed about like, what am I going to do? And the like later half of 2020 and beginning of 2021 has been honestly just all about being really happy with where I'm at right now. Like I, I am really happy with my jobs. I love the people I work with. I love honestly, like the people that I serve. So it's just, it's been good. I'm just really trying to be really just happy with where my life's at right now. And I feel like the moment that I like taking the time to stop looking for what's next is how I'm going to actually find what's going to make me happy next. Also, like, this is a huge decision. This is the rest of your life, potentially. Like, (laughs) take the time to figure it out. Honestly, serving is great. And I feel like that's also a great segue into our It's Friday. And it's time to go order some takeout. Maybe pick pick a local spot. Sarnia folks, find Nicole uh, at a couple of patios. What are are your top places in Sarnia? Yeah, what are your top takeout places? my top takeout places okay my favorites are boulevard yep local sarnia business and shoka's another local sarnia business honestly that's one of my favorite oh and under wraps yes they just reopened best burritos you'll ever have but just a little piece one of my favorite things about sarnia is we are not like a chain restaurant like city at all everything is one of local family businesses and i love it except sometimes i would love a kelsey's Donovan <laughs> Woods would totally disagree with you because his like whole thing is like, if you're Boston from Sarnia, like we're going to Boston pizza after this. <laughs> it's funny because Boston pizza is probably our only chain restaurant. <laughs> I honestly think it might be aside from like fast food, places, oh, like fast but... food or like Tim's, but, but like actual sit down restaurants, almost everything is just a local business. Yeah. But you know, he has a whole banner that comes down behind him and it's Nicole like, was in school or something? When we were at those concerts that at the, um, concerts, oh. but yeah, Nick Donovan Woods, who was from Sarnia, shout out to him. Great dude. Great musician. Great dude. As if I know him, but his, he has like a whole bit of like people from Sarnia are just like hanging out at Boston pizza. And that's, that has not been my reality at all. No. The last time I was at Boston pizza was the night I graduated high school. And I think the last time before that was maybe like seventh grade. <laughs> they have great drinks though. They also have really bomb boneless wings, but I don't spend my time there. I go to local Sarnia places. (laughs) Yes. To be honest with you, I haven't had dinner yet and I'm considering going to Boston Pizza for boneless wings right now. I would support it. I'm wishing that I was in Sarnia to get under wraps, but I also love Refined Fool. Refined Fool in Sarnia. Big shout out to Refined Fool. We love Nicole there most days a week. I will be at one of the three locations pretty well every day. Whether I am serving or just drinking there. (laughs) Love that for you. Okay, Nicole, we have talked a lot about your everything from your D1 scholarship to your mental health issues and and not issues, your mental health struggles (laughs) in second year to your ongoing relationships from high school to university. I think we've covered a lot of milestones, but we really want to give you the space and time to share anything that you feel like you didn't get to cover. Um, We never want to let people leave the podcast feeling like they didn't have the space to share what they actually really wanted to say, because Lauren and I could be very dominant and we fully (laughs) acknowledge that. I would just maybe let everyone like maybe let people in high school that were in similar situation to me where they're going to be making a big decision. Like, based on both sports and school um just to kind of remember to keep both really in mind and keep keep like your feelings in mind too and just like don't make it all about the sport or all about the school like everything in my life will come back to like it's it's all about balance yeah (laughs) that is fair I feel like that is very important and I think that that is something that you definitely learned over the last four years at Fairfield and like moving into moving into this next chapter in your life. It's an exciting chapter. It's absolutely terrifying, but it's so exciting. And, and we're so excited to, to, you know, you for you to be 23 going through it. You got Lauren as your mentor. If you choose that <laughs> oh, she's the right mentor for you. My poor sister. I know nothing about basketball, but you know what I do know? I love the WNBA and what they're doing for women in sports. Yeah, I feel like being a female athlete is 
always going to be just like a little bit harder. Like you're always going to get the judgment. You're always going to get like, oh, women's sports are boring, whatever. And even like we can look back at what was happening on social media during the uh, NCAA tournament and how the women were just not getting the facilities, not getting the treatment that the men were, which is just a reality that I think any woman who's ever played sports is always going to live with. And I've, I've kind of always had it in my mind. Like there's always just that piece, but uh, I would just say like any young girls, young women playing sports, like just keep at it. It doesn't really matter if the men of the world are not going to care about it. Like it's, it should be about your love for the game, your love of what you're doing. And yeah, maybe our reality is that it's, not as easy to make a lifelong career out of it, but don't let that stop you from doing what you want with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope that narrative is changing too. Yeah. I would love to see it change. I agree. I agree. It 100% should not be the reality of it. And it shouldn't be like the fact that that's just conditioned in my brain, having been a female athlete for my whole life is, is sad. And I don't want to have that mindset. And I very much try not to, and I try to support women's sports in any way that I can. Shout out Fairfield women's basketball. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would love to see that change. Yeah. And I hope we will. I honestly, I honestly feel optimistic that we will see that change. Yeah. I've been playing tennis, um, mostly on, on like Tuesdays. So if you want to catch me at the next French open, I'll be there. I'm working on my J swings. So <laughs> I'm ready for it. And I'll be training for a triathlon for the next six years of my life before I'm ready for it. So <laughs> I just recently started shooting hoops out in my backyard or out in our, out in our driveway again. It had, I hadn't touched a basketball from the point that I left that, that fateful day when when we came out of the locker room and everyone was crying. That was the last time I touched a basketball until a couple weeks ago. And she's back for the love of the game. And that's a beautiful way to end. Yes. (laughs) Go get some takeout. And Nicole, thank you so much for joining us on We Don't Cook on Fridays. Your gift card for dinner might be in the mail. (laughs) Or I'll probably just take you for dinner this weekend when I'm at home. (laughs) Yeah, that works. We'll go get some under wraps. Okay, give me some nuts. You got to say you're giving some virtual. Yeah, (laughs) it's an audio thing. It's an you have to you have to say it while you do it. (laughs) Wait, I have the podcast. Everyone has to say, give me some nuts. Give me some nuts. Give me some (laughs) nuts. All right. Goodbye.